0: Welcome to the CFB
1: Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey
2: everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. I'm your host Matt Knowles over here on that side you've got the founder and the creator of CFB Dynasty, Mr. Brian McElfresh. And with us as always, you can call him number one. Don't you call him number one, but you better not call him number two. It's Doug Gravely. Brian, and Doug, how are you guys doing today?
0: Good. He is number you? two. Doug is definitely number two. Oh, I'm always number two. <laughs> <laughs> number one in your hearts, but number two in the final standings, buddy.
2: <laughs> All right, so we got a great show out here for you today. We're going to be talking about teams trending up in college fantasy football uh, what our predictions are for that uh, this early on in the offseason uh, we're also going to talk about some improvements that are there being made to the cfbdynasty.com website for you guys Some some exciting things that are happening out there but the first thing we want to talk about a couple things that are current events that are happening out there so we got weather balloons that are out there in the sky we got all these different unidentified objects being shot down we got a mushroom cloud over ohio Doug, Brian, what do you think about all this? What's the cause? Is it aliens? What's your take on all this?
1: You know, I think it has to do a little bit with the with the NFL script, but it's you know someone else doing the scripting. Do you see the movie came out on Netflix about a train crash? Uh, it was, just came out in December. Train crash that happened, and the same exact scenario where it's like a uh, chemical chaos everywhere and it's like based in ohio
2: that's mm. why i did not a little, just, that's a little it's weird just
1: the script yeah it's called white noise it's just uh you know according to the script just like the nfl it's all scripted
2: <laughs> you know what I, I probably should watch that because one of my favorite movies of all time is super eight where you have the the train crash but it's all aliens if you've never seen super eight that's a great great movie but uh you know what maybe it is aliens i, I don't know <laughs> but um yeah there's oh, crazy crazy happenings it just yeah. makes
1: me think of your ncaa team the old your old aliens, and right. did you see? So, this is obviously we didn't talk about this pre show at all, but do you see there's a new video game coming out that's going to be free? <laughs> it's going to be uh, a free game, it's college football based, it's not going to have any licensing or anything, but it looks really cool it's built on a new completely new engine looks like the gameplay is going to be pretty great it's going to have online play and a, and a lot of stuff a lot of team builder stadium builder oh, that's great that What's,
2: uh, what what system is it for
1: uh all of the systems so really? back, so ps4 and plus basically um well, well, and it's well. coming out this spring so we're gonna to have to give that a go and definitely do some shows about it um once we download and play it but uh you can build your aliens again. That'll be fun.
2: Yeah, man. Heck yeah, man. Always (laughs) about the aliens. So we talked about the, the wild things happening in the skies. So a lot of people are talking about what they think are wild things that happened on the ground at the Super Bowl. (laughs) Excuse me, that game that we can't mention the big game that happened on (laughs) Sunday at the end of the football season. Um, everybody's losing their minds about the end of the game and the holding call. Um, you know, they said that that game that that just shows it was fixed, ruined the whole game. Um, I've got my opinion on this. What do you guys think? Do you think one? Do you think it was holding? Two? Do you think that that whether that's holding or not, whether it's called or not, that it changed the outcome of the game?
0: So, I've been looking at a lot of comments on this. I've been obviously the the playback of that one particular play has been played on Twitter thousands and thousands of times. I've watched it. Um, heard even bradbury's comments about this i mean when the guy says it's holding that the play was called on i mean you know it's, i gotta go with the fact that it was holding but the only yeah. the issue that i have is officiating in general how it is not consistent from first quarter start of the game to the end of the game and it seems like not just in the super bowl which people are freaking about or freaking out about but it's in general, every game you watch, officiating is not consistent from first play of the game to last play of the game. And in college football, it's just terrible. Like these guys aren't
1: full-time refs, a lot of them. It's it's just a terrible scenario for a organization that makes so much money. It seems like it'd be really easy to kind of fix that and get these guys paid to where it can be their, their main job. But So, Matt, I'll defer to you as a ref. But, yeah, I, I echo the sentiment of, sure, it was holding. But if it was the only holding call of the whole game, uh, that seems like it—it it was a ticky-tack way to kind of end the game there. And it was certainly is it was a deflating way to end the game because it was like the whole game was super great and fun until the last minute when that call happened.
2: Well, I would say you know, as as a soccer official that's ref for over 23 years, soccer unless you're playing at the highest levels where you've got VAR, um, when you're at the level like i uh you don't get the opportunity to go back and review things you just have to make the call on the fly you can confer with the officials you have to do the best you can but when you're at the level of the nfl i think the biggest thing is they need to be able to have replay capability on every play if needed um i think the play that is in question like you said doug was it holding technically yes mm-hmm. practically Should it have been called? I don't know, because for that call to be made at that point in the game, it seems very ticky-tack. That specific type of play across the NFL season was so out of control. I remember there was one play, Cater Kohu, the undrafted rookie of the year for the Dolphins. There's a play, I think it was against the Bills, where you see the flag for pass interference get thrown in. The flag, he's at about the 25-yard line. They throw the flag – They give the ball to the opposing team at like the 10 yard line you can see in the replay. You're like, where, where did that, how is it even possible that, that the offensive team should have got the ball at that point? So it's one of those areas that should become a point of emphasis because you don't want to see a game get called on that. You also want the players to be trained, you know, don't be dumb and, and, and try to get that hook at that point, because you never know what's going to happen. You've now put it into the hands of the referees by making that play so it's on the defensive back for making that play but I do think as Doug said there needs to be some consistency I don't think it changed the game obviously the Chiefs are able to run the clock out but I think that the paint on the surface of the field made a lot more of a difference uh Jalen Hurts slipped trying to throw the Hail Mary he slipped on the paint on the field that's why the ball was like mm-hmm. 20 yards short that yeah. to me was much more of a concern than a ticky tack call at the end of the game, because there were so many other things that happened. I don't
1: know. I mean, there's definitely many other things that happened, but you give that Eagles offense a full minute and all they've got to do is kick a field goal. Like, shoot. I mean, they didn't have timeouts left, but uh, what are the odds that they kick a field goal? It's better than 30% probably.
2: Yeah. You you never know. You never know. I'm not saying they couldn't have come back. I'm just saying, I feel like there's a lot of other things that could have happened in the game that were a lot more impactful than, just that one call that happened in the last 2 minutes of the game.
1: Yeah, but all this stuff's got to get fixed across college football too. Like this is a a big issue. Um uh, and some of the biggest names in the industry are talking about it.
2: So uh let's get down to uh college football. Let's get down to CFB. I know BMac. uh First, we have one little quick news and notes we want to talk about. But after that, we're going to talk about some of the improvements to the CFB site that are really exciting coming into 2023. So why don't you take it away, BMAC? Let's talk about uh, about the, the news and notes that are on your mind right
1: now. Sure. For anyone tuning in on YouTube, uh, I'll show the, the depth charts page for a quick quick uh, second here because Trayshawn Holden uh, arrested and then kicked off the team from Oregon yesterday. So I think we had him pegged as wide receiver two on Oregon. So he's been removed and everyone else kind of shifted over. So our uh, wide receiver six spot is open for Oregon. And that's one, you know, we're going to figure out in the spring. We've done a lot more here on the the depth charts page, um, but plenty more to do as we get, you know, actual real news you know, coming in for a lot of these schools where it's hard to get information about. Um, But they're critical to us, like in our rankings and stuff like that. So behind the scenes, still working on rankings and all that. But for what we're talking about today, I've got one example page um, here. So we've got an individual team depth chart page here showing you Alabama. Um, So we've got a few stats up here. Um, Just to kind of give you context, so if you go and you search on the website, you search for whatever, uh, Colorado depth chart, eventually once we've got it live, um, you'll see their national passing. So their, their national rank, so Alabama here is 19th in the country, 281 yards per game and 37 touchdowns passing. Oh, this rushing one um, I have to fix. But national rank for Alabama uh, rushing was 31st, 193 rushing yards per game. And I think they had 26 rushing touchdowns. That's a, that's a number. Again, I've got to make sure I know to fix that. And then what you'll see on the other side here, and this is like super crucial to kind of figuring out, all right, how are teams going to do this year? And what do they have coming back? So you can kind of see what they did last year, passing and rushing. Now, what do they have coming back? So Alabama ranks 122nd in the country with 41% of their their offensive production coming back. And then um, you'll see returning defensive production, 38%. That ranks 126th in the country. Huge amount of turnover for Alabama. But... You get to the next one, which would be the this is the Bill Connolly SP plus power rating. Um, They're fifth, fifth in the country um, as a team because of, you know, how they reload and uh, the incredible recruiting classes that they are stacking on top of each other and the key uh, portal guys kind of coming in there. So even though, you know, Jameer Gibbs is gone, top receivers are gone, backup receivers have transferred um, you know, Bryce Young is gone, some Keo linemen are gone, like Bama's gonna reload, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about how they're doing it differently this year. But offensively, BaMA power rated at 21st in the country and fifth defensively. So those are some of the metrics that we'll have for every team so that you can kind of get a really good gauge of how they did last year, what's coming back, and how they're power rated going into this year because it's critical. Like one of the things we would love to see here would be O-line kind of split out, um, but we don't have that information. So think about um, going into the the last draft and a a mistake that we made on uh, two of them that we won't be making this year. So UVA, we knew Brennan Armstrong was losing his top six O-linemen. We talked about that going into the year. We dropped him for it. We we projected him to do worse, um, but not, not as bad as he did. So um, that'll be fixed. Think about sweet Lou Nichols in Central Michigan, um, led the country in rushing. And then as I'm watching the draft, you know, day two, day three, oh, another Central Michigan O-lineman gone. And he sucked this year. <laughs> so um, to that point, you know, UTSA is bringing back their quarterback, their top three receivers, but they're losing most of their O-line. So that's kind of something to watch as you go into projecting and looking at, all right, you know, maybe Matt, maybe you should trade the quarterback. Maybe he's not going to have as as good a year as it appears on the surface with his top three receivers coming back. What do you think about that, Matt? What would you do um, with your UTSA quarterback?
2: Well, I think the fact that he's probably been there since 1997, getting what is the seventh year eligibility, something insane like that. Um, I'm going to hang with him just because, uh, you know, he's he feel he's he's gotten better and better no matter what else has been going on around him. I mean, let's be real. Who's normally going to be talking about UTSA? He's the reason why we're even talking about UTSA. So I feel like he's going to help improve that offensive line that's there with his dual threat ability. But I absolutely agree that you have to take into consideration what is coming back there and have to have temperate expectations. If you're losing those offensive linemen and you're not getting quality replacements in, it's probably going to change up the way that that offense functions.
1: And in reality, it's also because, you know, if we were to graph out your trade history, uh, all leagues, like it's, <laughs> it's fallen to zero here over the last <laughs> like seven years. Well,
2: see, here's, there's a reason for that is because I like to trade in trade windows that are near when the season happens. I'm not like guys that are in the league that are like, it's October of 2021. And they're like, can we trade 2025 draft picks now? I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to be able to compartmentalize and think about my team. I don't want to be trading stuff for like, you know, you guys are like trying to trade things, but you're going to be getting AARP discounts. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I want to be able to trade, and think about the season and focus there. Maybe that's why. Yeah, Well no, I do need to. I do need to cut some more trades, but I also need to not be getting uh, not be getting bamboozled by in, in some <laughs> trades. You know, I'm normally good about about being the bamboozler, not the bamboozlee. But oh, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta make it work.
0: 2020
2: yeah. really hurt me. 2020 really hurt me. The uh, the the COVID year and the mm-hmm. the additional people in the roster that year, uh, I got a, had a lot of of dead weight on my roster. So it's been it's been a tough road to hoe to get uh get some of that stuff cleaned off.
1: Yeah, so you know Frank Harris, you know he, maybe if we did a trade, trade high segment, like he would be one of the premier guys because of that lack of O line coming back. Anyways, those are the metrics there, and then as you scroll down, you'll see, you know, projected quarterback one two three, running back one two three, receivers one through six, couple tight ends, and the all important kicker, Will Reich. And you know, I, I
2: think I think one of the things that makes this really cool is that certain people want their information in certain ways. Some people want to see the, the black screen with, with every single name and just a wall of information, but there's some people are like, Hey, I want to go get some information about Alabama. Mm-hmm. I want to get some information about UTSA and uh, doing it like this. You can break it out and be able to focus on that a little bit better. And I think it's going to be a really valuable tool. What do you think, Doug? Do you like this format uh, for your use going into the next season?
0: Oh, I like it a lot, man. Um, when, Brian first showed it to me and told me of his plan. It was definitely exciting. Um, It's something that is so hard to find, especially so early. Um, And the fact that a lot of research is being done on it, you know, on this end, just shows how important that this type of information can be yeah Um, i mean it's
1: critical especially for all the people that haven't played and might be new coming into the college fantasy world like without this information you can sure just draft off of our cheat sheet if you want to but for the ones that you know are searching for it you know our research will you know be their benefit and actually we had some good discord feedback on this and we made these uh color-coded but i think i overwrote those changes Accidentally, so we'll have team colors there instead of CFB colors for some of these things, anyways. Whatever, that's enough, really, about just the depth chart and what we're working on. But we'll get a bunch of these mugs cranked out here over the course of the next month, and they'll continue to be updated all throughout the off season uh, into fall camp and, and everything. So, but uh, crucial information there added to each individual team page as we kind of go about that
2: and one of the things i really do like that this is being developed now getting the the foundation in there because as we all know when the season comes about ain't nobody got time to be doing 133 teams worth of foundational updates if something changes in the depth chart like you said you can just go in there plug it in it'll show up on the front end it's going to be a lot easier to keep uh keep up with this information as the season goes along
1: another thing that we'll do and doug uh leads these efforts will be we talk to beat writers and all the, the local writers kind of covering their local teams and they look at the depth chart, and kind of put their feedback in. So we'll have a good Q&A session with as many writers as will respond to us. And uh, that kind of stuff is also fantastic information that uh, will hopefully be coming, you know, more so starting that as we're a couple weeks into most fall or spring camps mm-hmm. and all that stuff.
2: That's awesome. I'm really excited about seeing where this goes for uh, 2023. Uh, that's some of the technical back end stuff. But the the main focus of the show for today, we want to talk about teams that are trending up in college fantasy football for 2023. Um, there's a lot of different metrics and a lot of different things we could be talking about. We've got some teams that are uh, off to the side that we've all notated. Um, and they're, they're there for different reasons, but I'm uh, really excited to be able to share these things with you. Um, so BMAC, why don't we start with you? what is the first team that you want to talk about and uh, let's see where we where we go from there
1: yeah sure so the top um, team in terms of returning production uh, and for most of you you probably know I'm a you know born in Gainesville Florida fan anyways, Florida State, uh, eighty-seven percent of their team returns, and like really key players like Jared Verse on defense, and they 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 return ninety-four percent of their defense. Um, they're a team that certainly was they're trending in the right direction, but this year could be a really special year if you look at their playoff odds, they're right there with Clemson, and it's not been the case for a very long Ooh. time. It's been Clemson then the grand canyon then the next uh, acc team so um offensively florida state's got 80 percent uh back they lost um trey ward transferred to kansas state so really looking at trey benson here as a breakout running back like could he be in our top 10 with like the o-line coming back the history of norvell and what he's done running the ball And just his overall talent the former transfer from oregon could have a really really special year and he would be someone to target low right now before um you know all of the rankings and everything comes out and then um obviously a quarterback jordan travis there's not a receiver i'm really targeting yet typically i prefer to target receivers from a a more pocket passer style offense, unless there's like a clear, you know, wide receiver target or like a individual wide receiver that kind of eats all the target share. Um, Otherwise it's, there's not really a receiver that stands out that I want to go get a Micah Pittman or whatever, but FSU number one for me on teams trending up and a couple of those players to target like Jordan, Travis, Trey Benson, both could potentially be top 15 Top ten ish, uh, going into the season in terms of fantasy
0: predictions.
2: All right, Doug. What about you? What's the first team you want to talk about that you see as a team that's trending up?
0: The first team that I've got on my list is Texas. Um, obviously, they showed what they can do when they put it all together. They lost Alabama by a point last year, twenty to nineteen. I mean, it was a it was a battle. Um, they're getting Nayer off injury of injury which is a receiver that you guys know i was super high on and he got hurt right after i drafted him um the the addition of Ad mitchell i think is going to be huge there um and quinn ewers hopefully he can have a season where he's not riddled by injury and we can see what happens with him but and i'm a grammatical
1: guy i'm sorry for interrupting you but it is ad mitchell his real
0: name's like adonai or something like that anyways so, um, like Brian said on FSU, Texas is returning eighty-five percent of their offensive production, so they're super high on that list as well. Um, and I just I, I see a lot from them, and I hope hopefully Quinn Ewers, like I said, can stay injury free and show us what he can truly do. I mean, I he was looking great going into that Bama game until he got hurt. Man, yeah. <clears throat> they,
1: they were starting to look great. But, yeah, Worthy alongside A.D. Mitchell, alongside um, Whittington's <laughs> still there. Yeah, Whittington, you're right. Running backs will be new. But, uh, again, like you said earlier, that's one of the easier uh, positions to kind of replace. Obviously, they're replacing a really, really special talent. But, yeah, Texas has the number three. um returning offense in the country
2: all right b mac what's another team that is uh got got your your and your senses senses all a flutter <laughs> going into the 2023 season as a team that you think is going to be trending up
1: all right so this isn't something that i thought of or or whatever but just looking at the data here seeing missouri at um Ninth in terms of returning production, and then on the power rating, which is the the SP Plus by Bill Connolly from ESPN, um, Missouri's 32nd, and uh, that that kind of just opened my eyes a little bit. Like you you know, quarterback's been a problem for them, but they got Jake Garcia coming over from Miami. If they can figure out the quarterback position, that guy is going to be productive in that offense which is typically really good in terms of fantasy and Luther burden. Think about him. He committed to uh, Missouri or he committed to coming back. You know, there was rumors he was flirting with Georgia and others in, um, potentially entering the portal that didn't happen. And could he have just a breakout year for an offense that's going to be underrated? It's, it's really possible. So burden and hopefully we see, whoever just kind of take that quarterback position over. But uh surprised to see them on there, honestly.
2: All right, Doug, who's the next team that you got that you want to make sure that people uh people have their eye on going into twenty twenty three?
0: I've got Tulane. Um returning seventy three percent of their offensive production from last year. And they've got Pratt at quarterback. I mean, in my opinion doesn't doesn't get more exciting than that for them. Somebody they can trust, somebody that always comes up, you know, every game he's ready to play. And he could potentially be a top five quarterback going into our, our rankings when when we adjust them and, and work on our rankings. And, you know, that's good for me. I, I've got him on my fantasy team. Um, Again, another team, though, kind of like Texas, that what are they going to do at running back? Uh, Spears is gone, but the potential for whatever running back – goes to that team is is great as well with you know they're a lot of their offensive linemen returning their receivers are coming back and and a guy that can manage every football game I've seen in in Pratt I mean we saw what they did against USC in the bowl game um there's not a team out there that they're afraid of so that's yeah. an exciting team to watch
2: and, and Tulane if this would have been a 12 team playoff year Tulane would have been in the playoff so uh you know, will Tulane be able to continue that uh, that kind of production and that kind of uh, national um, relevance? You know, it sounds like you're saying that they will, so that's pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm going to go with, and you, and Brian knows uh, throughout my history. I always am somebody that roots for the underdog. I'm always looking for um, people that are that are less than, or people that are that are they're also Rams that may be able to jump into the discussion uh, in the following year. And I'm going to go with what I think is the most obvious one, which is in Colorado. Um, You have Deion Sanders coming in there. Uh, You would say, well, why am I even going to bring up a team that is 93rd on returning production and 94th in the power ranking as well? Colorado was not a very good team last year. So you don't really want to have 99% of their returning production coming back because that team only produced a three and nine record. Uh, But listen to this. Colorado has, since the end of November, 25 players that have transferred in through the portal. They have the number two portal ranking in the country, only behind LSU as far as the productivity coming in from the portal into their team. I think when you look at Dion coming in, look at all the guys that came over from um, from JSU, and you look at just the excitement around Colorado. Now, I'm not saying Colorado is going to be a team that's going to be fighting for the playoffs. But what I am saying is last year you probably didn't even look first, twice, third, fourth time at anybody on Colorado uh, to be on your fantasy team. But I think they're probably going to be the team that's going to have the best chance of having the biggest improvement year to year as far as their their overall record and their their production of fantasy-relevant players. What do you guys think?
1: Well, so you're a Dion guy, obviously, then. What do you think about his take on the weather just not being cold out there?
2: Uh Next question. I think that that's silly. Um, I, I don't even get, I don't even get a comment like that, but uh, that's, that's silly. Um, but no, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I, do you think that uh, that Colorado is going to uh, have the opportunity to, to uh, be the team with the best win loss uh, improvement this year?
1: I'm, I'm waiting see mode with Colorado. I want to see it on the field. You know, we were talking about the, the week one slate a little bit before the show and the, uh, see colorado i think has a fun matchup anyways i want to see it on the field yeah they play at tcu week one Ooh. that's gonna be awesome what a game um <clears throat> and what a game that'll be probably for tcu but
2: uh, <laughs> uh after the national championship you never know
1: <laughs> they they lost uh dug in obviously and and uh quentin johnston and it's going to, yeah, that, that'll be a fun game to kind of watch. But uh, I want to see how the O-line is. I want to see what the, the style of offense, how does Shadir Sanders do at quarterback? You know, does, like, how do they split up the carries? Does the freshman just take over eventually at running back? And um,
2: I think they'll get uh, Kavoisi Smoke out there. That's a huge pickup. That That is a huge pickup. Yeah. He, he's got the ability to be a, a big-time back, and you put him in an offense like that you never know. He might be somebody that's going to have some fantasy relevance. I look forward to seeing where he ends up in the, uh, the preseason rankings right before the drafts.
1: Yeah. We've got on the depth chart right now, we've got smoke number one at running back Dylan Edwards, the freshman number two, Deion Smith returner number three. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. They got Jimmy Horn transferred in. They've yeah. Like you said, a ton of transfers. Yeah. Um, JT Shroud will be the backup probably to Sanders and uh, man, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I'm again, just wait and see for me. Let's see how they produce. I'm not going to invest a lot of draft capital in, in Colorado this year.
2: What about you, Doug? You, uh, you, you, you say you, uh, you feel in Colorado or are you, uh you selling on Colorado right now?
0: I'm selling on Colorado. Um, I think the hype's too big for them to live up to. Honestly. Um, I would like to see what these kids can do against, (laughs) honestly, bigger, better, stronger players in the bigger conferences. You're coming from, you know, a small school, technically. I want to see what they can do against kids that have been here. So we'll see what happens.
2: All right, BMAC, what is the next school that you want to make sure people have their eyes on?
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about – Oh Miss, you know, we've got to watch who's going to win that quarterback job. Of course, um, they, they had Jackson Dart had a really good looking year as a freshman at USC for the games that he played. And then uh, kind of a rough start, rough spring. And he'll be looking at, uh, to kind of keep and win that starting job. But Spencer Sanders coming in there. Um, he's been a starter since he was a freshman at Oklahoma state. And then Walker Howard, former five-star talent transfers from LSU um, into Ole Miss. So there's going to be a pretty big quarterback battle there, but what you know, Quinshawn Judkins at running back, what a beast. So him with Ulysses Bentley um, as a backup, we want to see who's going to take over at wide receiver and the transfer from La Tech, Trey Harris could be that guy to go along with Jordan Watkins and then Dayton Wade in the slot. And then figuring out how Chris Marshall, the former five-star transfer in from AM, comes in there. A lot working for them. Uh, let's see. Returning production for Ole Miss was really high. So they are ninth no, no, sorry, 18th um, in the power ratings and uh let's see returning production they are 30th with uh 80 on offense which puts them at 13th offensively um so you got a lot of the o-line coming back you know elite you know potential also which i didn't even talk about yet at tight end so you've got trig obviously and then you've got um like another top five fantasy tight end that transferred in there. Uh, Let's see. Oh, how am I forgetting his name? Uh, Caden Preescorn, And then, of course, Caden Davis coming in at kicker, transferring over, I think, from from A&M. So a lot of talent. Um, Should be a special, special Mm -hmm. offense. Uh, And Lane Kiffin's offenses are always great to kind of target for fantasy.
2: All right, Doug. Who do you have next? You want to make sure people think people have on their list going into 2023.
0: Man, next is a team that I'm just excited to to see what happens. I like the coach. I I'm, I'm going to go with Nebraska. Um them bringing in Matt Rule um uh, to Nebraska and when Baylor hired him in 2017, Baylor was a 1 on 11 team. When he left in 2019, they were 11 and 3. Um, He completely changed that team around at Baylor and judging by all the transfers that Nebraska has got, there's excitement there again, and you could very well see the potential there. Um, You asked the question earlier of Colorado being the potential biggest jump from, you know, wins last year to this year. I think it could be Nebraska who was four and eight last year and they could potentially challenge, you know, that and, potentially go from four wins to 7 to 8 I don't know. You know, it's exciting to watch they got the addition of Sims at quarterback. Yep. Um Kemp from Virginia, the receiver and Brian's boy uh Gilbert at tight end. Not sure what's going to happen with him yet, but you know, again, the another player that people have been super excited about, maybe Matt Rule helps Gilbert get out of his way, and he he could potentially be a a guy that you know Brian has on his roster that we never want to play against. You never know. I mean, <laughs> you just you just don't know what's going to happen with these former NFL coaches that come in here and can
1: turn all right. Well, guys around. What's more likely then for Nebraska for Eric Gilbert specifically? Would he? You know, put up 10 touchdowns this
0: year or be lost in a cornfield? More likely? Yep. I could see him having a breakout year this year.
2: All right. I, I have no confidence in Eric Gilbert after what he's done to uh, to college fantasy football offenses in the past few years, so uh, I th- I'll go with the loss in a cornfield.
1: <laughs> I hope you're right, though, Doug. Like, Nebraska, they're just based on the passion from their fans. They deserve it. Like... You see them packing out a spring game in the cold in Nebraska, and you're going to see it again soon. Like, uh, love their fan base um, and and just the, the passion that comes with it. So I hope they can return to
0: prominence. It seems a little different when they're not the team that they used to be. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. Just college football seems different when Nebraska is not there. Yeah. Me.
2: All right, guys. We have three teams left that we want to make sure that we bring up. Um, so, uh, BMAC, let's go to one more team that you have on your roster for them to be looking at. Who do you got?
1: Wisconsin. So, I like <laughs> I like uh, all the changes that are happening there. You know, with the the new coaching regime there. You've got uh, a quarterback already transferred out because it's basically a, a seemingly word has gotten out that Tanner Mordecai is going to be the guy. And you love that early on where, you know, Nick Evers, they got the transfer from Oklahoma. He's the quarterback of the future. Tanner Mordecai is going to be the quarterback of the now. And everything's kind of shifted. So they got C.J. Williams, transfer out receiver uh, from USC to go along with Skylar Bell, Shamir DK. Um, and of course at running back, they still got Matt's boy, Chez backing up Braylon Allen and Julius Davis. there at running back three. So they've got experience and talent at the, at, you know, quarterback and skill positions, which they just haven't had. They're just power running offense for so many years. So you kind of take what you know with that O-line and then pair it with some good quarterback play and Wisconsin could surprise. And, um, I think it's going to be a quick turnaround and I think they will get some wins that they don't typically get. Um, but of course, you know, the, t- the cream of the crop there is Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state. Like it's going to be, um, can they put up points to be fantasy relevant and do they pass enough to be fantasy relevant? And uh, that remains to be seen, but they've definitely got the pieces to kind of be able to do it.
2: Well, and, you know, uh, Doug, you had mentioned it's just not the same if Nebraska's not up there actually being relevant. College fantasy football is not the same if Wisconsin isn't putting up some massive offensive production. That's definitely outside of game one. That's really not what we got last year out of Wisconsin. So so definitely uh, definitely going to be interesting to see, like you said, Brian, if uh, if Wisconsin can get that quick turnaround. So the last team I want to bring up, and then we have one more team after that that I you know both BMAC and, uh, and Doug have on their list. But – Uh, The last team I want to bring up is Florida Atlantic university. And here's why I don't bring FAU up because um, I'm looking for any kind of major production out of the offensive side. What I do see though, when you've got Tom Herman coming in, he's uh, bringing in a lot of bigger name coaches. You've got probably one of the most decorated staffs since Howard Schnellenberger. Uh, to be at Florida Atlantic uh, Linkin, so
1: I, though too Linkin. Well, but
2: I'm, t- I'm talking about, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm talking about the full staff top to bottom though. These brought in a lot of assistant coaches that have got a lot of uh, history in college football. Uh, but the thing that is interesting, if you look at FAU and you look at the metrics, FAU has got the number three ranking in returning players coming back. The number one defense. I was very surprised to see FAU at number three in the rankings with the number one returning production on defense coming back. Now, granted it was only a five and seven school last year, but to have that kind of consistency on the defensive side of the ball, I think that they could be a defense you might want to think about as a sleeper defense. Obviously you do not want to pick them to play them against their power five games in the earlier part of the season, but that could be a defense if they are able to utilize all that, 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 talent that's coming back they might be able to do something for you at the end of the season Um,
1: relative to their competition you know they're power rated 81st um that's really good you know based on who they're going to be playing against most of the year so to your point there yeah there's a couple unstartable games but for the rest of them fau is going to have some fantasy production um that we're gonna to have to kind of figure out where it's gonna come from. But yeah, absolutely. Team on the rise uh for players to kind of target and rank there.
2: All right. Last but not least, we got one more team to talk about. Uh it was just mentioned briefly. Doug, I'm gonna let you start. Who is the last team we wanna make sure people have their eyes on as a team that is currently trending up for twenty twenty three?
0: I've got Penn State. Um and Me too. here's, here, here's the here's the the slogan I'm gonna go with and we'll We'll see if at the end of the season it's good. Drew Aller and Nick Singleton. I mean, should I say anything more? Okay, um, John Allen. No. I think
2: you could have just easily gone with Drew Aller. He's a baller. Come on, man. Oh, he's a
0: baller. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've got Nick Singleton, who is a thousand yard back, Allen, who I think was a hundred yards away from being a thousand yard back. Um, you've got the transfer Dante Cephas, um, and a tight end who I like in Theo Johnson. Um, yeah. but the the biggest thing for me is drew Aller, who in my mind and you guys can quote me on it has a huge upside could potentially be a pro relevant quarterback in the future for years um i think that offense is is going to be fierce and i think they're going to be scary to play against totally so and cephas could be
1: uh huge breakout you know not that he was bad before because he was he was good and and productive but on the the, you know big stage of the big 10 like that could be great so how do you weigh this out and we'll get into this more as we get into the rankings podcast but like you've got singleton and katron allen at ohio state you know you've got a, a running back battle there that's really similar to super talented guy well more than two but travion henderson Mayan williams you got evan Pryor. you got you know the list goes on at ohio state but penn state you basically have those main two that are going to be featured that really does negatively affect their their rankings a little bit because you know the load is going to be shared um you know similar to what most nfl
0: teams do so i agree and I don't think disagree is the right word either, but you can also sway to the direction of both of them needing to be drafted on your fantasy team in the sense of if I have a guy that posts almost 900 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns, he's probably going to be better than my number three guy. Yeah. but Um, He's
1: he's like, they're both like top five ish talents. Like if they were the lone feature running back, um, so it's it's really hard to like you know not look at the or to look at the Nick Singleton like highlights we posted on YouTube mm-hmm. shorts and TikTok and stuff a week ago and just get blown away and then you look at the O-line that Penn State's bringing in like it could be special like he, if he was the feature running back one Singleton would be a top 5 fantasy projected guy yep. but because of Ktron Allen and his talent and the way they kind of will will move the ball around a little or kind of mix it up a little bit in terms of workload. And then you add Drew Aller, who six five, one of the strongest arms in, in all of college football. He can also run and will run. And he'll he'll get some red zone touchdowns too. So a lot of that's gonna work in there. But Penn State as a team trending up, you know, they've got the hurdles that they have to make Ohio State, Michigan. And take care of the rest of their business, which uh, I think they'll do. Like I think Penn State's in for a, a potentially special season. So if you're looking at, you know, a new playoff team, Penn State could be could be uh, knocking on the door. Yep. Agreed.
2: All right. So that is our uh, that's our list for today. I got We're one gonna... more. No, 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 what? no. no, no. Oh, I got one Bebac more. Bebek has got a bonus. A I got bonus a question. Team. A question. What's uh, the question?
1: So so Tennessee, right? Like they come in in terms of power ratings uh so obviously last year passing offense took off they're looking incredible recruiting is going good um they got a five-star quarterback coming in to back up potentially back up or compete with joe milton who's been kind of a career struggle in terms of accuracy whether it's short downfield it's like hit or miss had a great bowl game we'll see how he does in spring and fall competing against the freshmen but uh tennessee comes in power rated number six in the country with a number two offense so you got jalen hyatt he's gone cedric tillman he gone he gone. hooker is gone who are gonna be those guys if if they are truly the number two power rated offense there's gonna be some major fantasy relevant players coming out of that offense I don't know how you guys feel, though, about Joe Milton. I've seen him for years now and kind of struggle. Uh, Jabari Small, obviously, coming back at running back. He can be really good. Wright's good at backup. Yep, you got Brew McCoy, um, Ramel Keon, Dante Thornton transferring over, and Doug's boy, Squirrel White, um, in the (laughs) slot. So what do you guys think about Tennessee uh, and who you'd be potentially targeting there? How you know high what? you kind of value them?
2: You know what? I think that Tennessee, again going against the metrics, I think that Tennessee might be a team that we might end up talking about next week on oh. our podcast. I'm not saying that I think that 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 Tennessee is going to be dropping out of the the top the top area, but I think just like we talked about, FAU and Colorado maybe raising their game this year. I, I mean, unless you're in Alabama or Ohio State, I think that it's going to be very difficult for any team to replace the top 3 guys on your team at the level of the top 3 guys like Tennessee is going to lose this year. So, again, Tennessee could surprise me, but I think that, that the it's going to be very difficult to replace that level of quality in a single season. That that's my thought. What about you, Doug?
0: I I, I have to agree with you, Matt. I don't think that I don't see many top 10 10- top tier sec teams that tennessee is going to compete with this year i just don't see it i think their defense is still going to be a great defense i think they're going to be fine on defense but the offense man i don't even think <laughs> they know who they're going to be so i
1: i, don't know. I 100% disagree i think they know who they're going to be and i think that coaching staff is just so good I think they're going to put up points, and they'll have some fantasy-relevant guys. We've just got to follow the news and see who kind of takes the reins and takes that pick. Would I, would I take in a redraft league Joe Milton? Kind of where will we rank him? That's going to be a fun topic of conversation. And how we're splitting out the rankings this year, um, You know, we will get all three of our rankings – and then we'll have a composite ranking that that uh, goes into our draft kit as we uh, prep everyone for draft season that's coming up. Um, well,
2: well, Doug, that is why you and I are just the plebeians, and that is why Brian is the founder and creator of CFB Dynasty. He's all allowed, right, to we'll allowed to completely 100% disagree with us.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, he's just <laughs> with me before, and we've seen what happened to him. So
2: <laughs> so like you said, we talked about FSU, Missouri, Old Miss, Wisconsin, Penn State, Texas, Tulane, Nebraska, Colorado, FAU, and the bonus team, Tennessee. Where do we get this information from? We're using the back end that is available on CFBDynasty.com to come up with the power rankings, to come up with the returning production. Uh, These are tools you're going to have access to going into next season. You're going to have access to some of them in the offseason as they're rolled out. This is why CFBDynasty.com is one of the leaders when it comes to college fantasy football information and why you want to be not just using the information. You want to be a part of the community as well. Go up to discord. You want to be um, interacting with people that are out there. And especially if you're somebody that's got a really big focus on a specific team, there's going to be 133 different teams in FBS this year. I can promise you that if you are focused on a single team, you probably are going to have a better insight than anybody on the CFB staff because you can only split a focus so many ways and 133 ways is not it.
1: All right. So in terms of the best projected, you know, power rated offenses going into this year. So let's count down from tied at 25. We've got Florida state. We've already talked a lot about them and Notre Dame, you know, with Sam Hartman coming in there. That's going to be a really a uh, fun one uh, to kind of track. At 24, Oklahoma State. A lot of moving parts there. That one's super intriguing to me to kind of see if if that works out that way. And then at 23rd, we've got Mississippi State. Um, obviously, with the crazy Mike Leach scenario, that one's going to be interesting to follow too. 22nd, we've got Florida. You know, very similar to Alabama. Looking at um how they're beefing up along the O line I think most of that fantasy relevance there for Florida will be coming from Trevor Etienne <clears throat> and uh just the, the the top running backs there and then we've got um Penn State at number 21 we've talked about them South Carolina coming in at number 20 and uh man I can't wait to see how they use the freshman five star harbor um 19th, we've got SMU. No real surprise there. They're a staple in terms of offenses that are powerful, of you know, players that we're going to be targeting coming draft season here. Ole Miss comes in at 18th. Um, and then tied there at 17, we've got Texas Tech and Houston. Uh, 15th, Arkansas. That's going to be obviously the Rocket Sanders uh, show. Yet again this year he'll be a, a top ten back for us this year, um, going into draft season. Number fourteen is Texas. Uh, Drake May in North Carolina at number thirteen. Um, Utah, twelfth. UCLA, eleventh. Before we go into the top ten, any surprises or comments there or no?
0: Uh, I mean South Carolina surprising to me. I'm yeah. I, I don't. I don't know where their productions are going to come from. Um, I mean, they lost a great running back. Um, I'm still kind of on the straddling the fence about their quarterback play. So I, I don't know. The one thing they have done the
1: last two years surprised us both years. And uh, it's, it's the staff, it's the system, the players. Obviously, they, they've got things going in the right direction. So, number 10, LSU. Um, it's going to be Jaden Daniels. Oh, Gordy Miller, (laughs) Jaden Daniels hanging out together, putting up some fantasy points, but, uh, I'm looking at Armani Goodwin as a great, uh, potential running back to come out of LSU. And of course they've got some great receivers and a legit tight end Mason Taylor there. So number nine, Oklahoma, who really underperformed last year. So we're going to see, um, How that goes with Dylan Gabriel coming back and the freshman five-star coming in to back him up at quarterback. Number eight, Michigan. Number seven, Michael Penix and Washington. Number six, we've got Georgia, who's going to have a brand new quarterback, non-transfer. We're going to see how that transition goes. Obviously, they lost A.D. Mitchell to Texas. uh, You mean you need
2: to add Mitchell? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Number five offense, uh, power rated going into the year. Alabama, uh, Oregon comes in at number four. Oh, Bo Nix, and then number three, Caleb Williams and his profanity laden nail painted or painted nails whatever and usc at number three uh tennessee like we said at number two and number one the ohio
0: state also with a new quarterback
1: also with a new quarterback yeah you've got of the top you've got ohio state tennessee alabama georgia four of the top six with new quarterbacks so it's going to be interesting but These are the kinds of things that we're going to be looking at as we go into our rankings, because this is legit data based on years of experience that kind of supersedes just what we think or feel about a team. So when we go into the rankings, like that's why you'll see Kyle McCord, who hasn't started uh, yet, uh, really high in our rankings.
2: I love it. Again, this is why you want to make sure you're up and a part of the CFB Dynasty.com uh, the community get up to discord log in we want to hear your thoughts do you agree do you disagree with uh the teams that we have uh that we have called out here do you agree or disagree with the power rankings uh so we want to know what your thoughts are we want you to be involved because what makes this awesome is not just the flow of information outwards is the interaction with you guys and getting your thoughts on the uh information that's being provided as well so yeah, um
1: true We need to do a better job of that, asking everybody. We ask on the show. We need to ask on Discord, Instagram, all the things.
2: Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the teams trending down. Today, we talked about teams trending up. Next week, we're going to talk about teams trending down. We're also going to look at some of the best all-time college fantasy football seasons, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. BMAC is getting out of control with this. I know that he is going back, and we're not even talking about real college fantasy football seasons i know that he's going back and saying if we played college fantasy football back in the day back before we even had the internet back before even college fantasy football was a thing how would some of those um those seasons stack up now granted you can only go back so far because some of those stats are only going to go back so far but i know that some of the things bmac you've been talking about seem pretty wild you aren't you going back to like 1980 on some of these
1: 1980 yeah you'll see steve young in the list you'll see uh so many great players and eventually we'll go back further maybe i'll get crazy and do it you know before our shows we shall see
2: well i love it all right guys so this is the end of the show for today we really are happy you guys have uh hung around with us you can hear our thoughts um so last question be back. Doug, are we going to be finding you sitting on your couch this weekend watching the re-debut of the re-debut of the XFL?
0: Um, I will probably be sitting on my couch hoping that Tiger Woods is playing in the weekend. Um, and I may turn on some XFL to see what's going on because who knows, maybe hopefully it can become a farm system for the NFL and these guys can keep going in their careers but probably watching golf if I'm honest
2: hey, I'm sure that I'll, I'm sure I'll turn it on and I agree with you about the farm system I think that one of the things that football really needs is a better um, a better system to be able to continue to develop some of the younger players now granted you may only see a couple of guys actually make the transition but with 133 teams playing major college football in the US and that's just FBS that's not going down any farther from there. And then you've only got 32 teams playing professionally at the top level. There's a lot of players that could slip through the cracks. So I'm glad to see we've got the XFL and the USFL and all these other leagues that are out there, even more minor than that. So hopefully the XFL can hang around this time and they can help us to develop, maybe try out some different rules that maybe the NFL can pick up and uh, maybe work on this thing we talked about at the beginning. uh, Get this defensive holding and pass interference squared away, replays, kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, I love that. And some of the stupid technology that we have, or the great technology, sorry, that we have, but we're, we're still like using literal chains and stuff like that. And we're not uh, microchipping the football and all that stuff. Like that is where the XFL can hopefully test things out and yeah, take us to a new level, try out some new uses of technology.
2: All right, guys, so that is it for today. My name is Matt Knowles. Over there is Brian McElprish and Doug Gravely. We thank you. We can't wait to see you guys again next week on the CFDigesty.com podcast.
1: See you. Adios.